Street Fighters, what's up? Welcome to the show. It's Wednesday night, time for a street fight, the first of the year. New Year's revolutions are upon us. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. You can watch what we do by heading over to Facebook, Twitch, or Twitter. See the show as it happens. We record live. Otherwise, just subscribe to the podcast. You can find it on Google, Spotify, and Apple Podcast app. If you want to come see Street Fight Live, we're doing a show in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania on January 25th. Uh, More information will be coming out for that on our uh, social media channels, and I'll send a link to that to all of the Patreon people as well. Um, You can, if you find it on Facebook, the the ticket link is there. I just don't have a convenient link for you right now. Uh, This is the number one anarcho-comedy radio show on any station across the nation. We do this to spread this mess across the U.S. We need the help of all y'all to pitch in your hand uh, and tear down the global conspiracy against us so that we can create a new flat earth world where there's no hierarchy to oppress anyone uh we're trying to do this all with the a podcast community so we, we're doing pretty good i mean 2019 the group on facebook and a lot of the listeners have come together to do some pretty incredible things so i think in 2020 it's just going to get better and uh we appreciate your support and listeners listenership uh let's get this shit started yay i got some surprises okay let's do the surprises first brett's gonna give me a surprise i think or somebody's gonna get a surprise this first one is uh well i tried to we tried to to order this at a party we were at and uh, they sent the wrong thing but i wanted you to to see what you got uh hold on Oh, I almost reached it. I got it. Okay. Let's see what we got. Let's so this see. is actually, they fucked the order up. I got a corn coffee mug. Yes. Okay. Come I on. tried to, I ordered you corn coffee though. And they didn't send the coffee? No. Like they I sent the mug? Yes. They were very late and they were apologetic and all they sent was a coffee mug. So now you have a corn coffee mug. All right. Well, I'll drink my coffee that's not corn branded in my corn branded coffee mug. Yeah. It's beautiful. Someday you'll get to try the corn coffee. Yeah. This next one is very cool. Uh, I got to take a peek at this. This was from the mods of the Street Fight group. This is a gift uh, to me, you, and uh, Jake. All right. And you're going to have to get it on the stream there. Do not be gentle with it. I know you're, you're kind. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes. These are beautiful. This, I believe, is me. That's oh, Jake. no, that's Jake, right? Yeah, that's Jake. He's wearing a bull's hat, which is not me, but it's cool. It's like an action figure. It's a paper figure guy, whom I, which I love. I got, for me, they made me ICP style, put me in Jinkos, and uh, made my hat say murder, which I should buy a hat that says murder. If they make right? them. Yeah, if they you make them. You can get them made. Okay. You get a hat that says murder made. And then Brett in his anarchist cookbook get up. These are very cool. They're like paper figures. I don't know how they were made, but uh, they're pretty fucking incredible. There's a gumball in there too. And a little tiny gumball whom I hate. But so these come to us from uh, the Osgur Co. Austin Shue is a paper action figure artist that made these. And I highly recommend that you follow what they do. You can find them on a Twitter facebook and tumblr a-u-s-g-e-r-c-o oscar co 
Uh, those are awesome. I'm going to put mine up in my house, maybe. I doubt it, though. I think we'll put it in the studio. Yeah, well, I was talking. I think we're going to get a shadow box so that way they'll they'll have, they'll have be contained and we can put them on a wall. But yeah. I can't wait to mount them and put them up. We'll put them in the studio when we move into our new place. We'll have a wall of fame, That's, which will be action figures. And thank you to everybody. Thank you to all the mods. We really appreciate it. That is an amazing gift. I, I don't know if this happened before or after, but... I think I tweeted a month ago about how like very few things on my list of things to accomplish was get an action figure made of myself and get a pinball machine. Yes. And I think I was, that's cool enough. And that like is enough like me. I think that crosses that off. So just pinball machine is like the only life goal that I have. Yeah. Left. Can you mail us a pinball machine? Maybe that's my next goal in yeah. life. I mean, I would like a pinball machine too. I think. Yeah. What I would you go with? What would I go with? Uh, I'm really good at the Metallica one, but I don't like Metallica, but I would still take the Metallica pinball machine in a second. Okay. You know? Yeah. That's probably my favorite pinball machine, really, which is weird because, again, I'm not a Metallica guy, obviously. They have a great pinball machine, though. They really do have one of the best. They do. They have the best pinball machine of all the pinball machines that exist metallica has one of the best so. i think i would go with gone fishing that is my favorite one gone fishing like from the movie with danny glover and joe pesci i don't think so <laughs> no this was very cartoonish <laughs> they, they made one based on the the famous think, danny glover joe pesci movie about going fishing i think i remember that vhs cover now yeah yeah no i never saw that movie never did either we uh, maybe i should watch that we need to go back and watch some of these <laughs> lost classics yeah before people forget about them for pete's sake uh so um you know what we need on this show we need like a theme song sort of thing for every time we talk about mike rowe because uh -huh. we got some micro audio this week. Okay, micro audio. Micro audio with a special guest, Kevin O'Leary, also known as Mr. Wonderful. So we got two people we hate together <laughs> from Shark Tanks. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. real estate flipper guy. Yeah. He, well, no, he owns 50 businesses, which he mentions approximately 60 times in this podcast. It's a uh, Kevin O'Leary has a, um, a YouTube show that basically amounts to a podcast. It seems like it has a, like a much higher budget than Street Fight does, but they're only on the eleventh episode. So there's lots of money for bullshit. Yeah, like famous people who start podcasts. I'm always like, how long is this gonna last before they're like, I just hate doing this. Yeah. Does Conan O'Brien still do all his podcasts? They're so yeah, he's winning awards for it. I they're think. like, oh, this is just like a limited series, you know. They they like decide later on it's just a limited series. Is this the Kevin O'Leary podcast? Yeah, yeah, I think so. It's his YouTube. Uh, it's his YouTube podcast. I don't know if it's like you can download it as a podcast or not. Oh, that's just his show. Yeah, I guess, but Part it really comes off as a podcast to me. <laughs> Well, the booms are in the frame of the video. Yeah. They have the boom mics right in the frame. Yeah, yeah. So uh, let's get it going. You know, we're gonna uh, we're gonna do some uh, some Mister Wonderful and Micro audio and hear what they're doing. You know, really, it's great important mashup. to hear what they're up to. It is a great mashup. This is one of the good mash. This is like Beatles Wu Tang Clan style mashup. Monty, I'm 22. I'm a big fan of both Kevin and Mike. 
My question is about young people and the perception of success. It seems like for people of my generation, if you are a hard worker and you are interested in doing great things in life, it's almost the default path for you to go to university, get really good grades, and everybody wants to be a professor, everybody wants to be a doctor, mm, everybody wants to be an investment banker. <laughs> and it seems like simply getting a well-paid job in the trades investing your money, running your own business. These things are swept under the rug and are seen as being less prestigious. And obviously, well, I mean, he's got a point. How can we address this misconception amongst youth? And what do you think are the best methods to reach out to young people? Who this is message this person? That following the path laid he's out asking for you Monty is not necessarily going to be the right path for everybody. Thank you. So this is f famous micro shit. Like, Micro fucking loves talking about how people should not go to college. Yeah. And and look. People should expect less. I, yes. I, I don't think every person needs to go to college, right? I think college should be free. And I think it should be available for every single person that wants to do it. But I don't know that that's necessarily everybody's path. No. I also would say I don't think that everybody in the world wants to be either an academic, a doctor, or an investment banker. I just don't think that that's true at all. <laughs> well, I mean, they're, I mean, they're in the world. That is what they say, right? They say you should go to college and they say you should be an investment banker. People feel this undue, pre people feel this pressure to, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of pressure to do that stuff in, in families, not like mine. No, but in like these weird, highly successful families where they pressure their kids, they're like, you're going to make the right decisions. Like that's the choices you have, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't know that like, I just can't, I can't think that investment banker is one of those jobs that like people any, that I think people strive for it. And I think people work hard. No, I don't think they work hard to get to it. But like, I think a lot, I don't. I think like even just by virtue of looking at what people major in in college, I think you would say that not everybody wants to fucking be those three jobs. No, you know? no that's the sure. thing that they complain about Yeah, is that people go there and major in English and they're like, wow, why are you majoring in English? And it's like, I don't know, because that's what I'm fucking interested in. Yeah. You know, yeah. and everybody has a right to be interested in, Everybody has a right to like go for the thing that they want to do. I don't think there's any harm in going for what you want, you know, like yeah. shooting for the thing that you want. If I'm majoring in English and I want to be an academic, obviously I understand that there's very few jobs and it's a very hard thing to get into. But if I'm good at it, if I'm great at it, then I will maybe get to do that, you know, or if things change, I might get to do that. Or I could be a high school teacher or I could be, I could be a teacher. I could do something like that. Uh, they kind of see that as a waste of time, you know, like just learning things as a waste of time. I don't see it as a waste of time and I don't think it should cost money. I don't think it should cost a bunch of money to do, you know? Yeah. So let's, uh, let's hear what they have to say. Mike, that's a big question. It is a big question. Multiple levels in there. This idea of prestige, you know, I've always been intrigued with that, that you take a path and take a history degree instead of becoming a plumber. It sounds like a pretty stupid thing. <laughs> 
Wait. <laughs> is that it? No, there's more. This is two rich guys, by the way. I think it's important to, to frame this as this is two rich guys that work in show business. Yeah. Saying this, okay? Prestige, what is that? Let's try to find that issue. Well, let's start with his name, Monty. First thing I heard was Monty Hall. Oh, you let's are dumb a as a brick. Right? You're the man who makes deals. And Weird. what he's talking about fundamentally is a, uh, is a proposition. And uh, it's is a transactional proposition that saying? will lead to some level of prestige. The answer is, is how much. So what we've been told for the last 45 years is that the best path for the most people happens to be the most expensive path. But if you never get a call. Like I kind of agree in that in that sort of thing is that the best path is the most expensive path, but I think that like my solution is that it shouldn't be the it's most expensive best. path. No, it's it's all fucked up cuz it's not the best, it's just the most rewarded. Like you can make the yes. most money for skimming financial transactions because the biggest theft happens on financial transactions. <laughs> You can make, I mean, yeah, you can make money doing any of the, like being a piece of shit lawyer because people pay up good money for being a piece of shit lawyer. Like the, the bigger crimes you can cover up, like the more you'll be rewarded. It's not the best. No, I don't think. No, I don't think people look at them as them. the best. And I think like these guys are in a position where, uh, they worship like capital. Like they, they are like, I love I, I love investment. I think invest in, investment bankers are amazing, but I don't think they understand that most people hate investment bankers. Sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Degree. Does that make you a lesser person? Well, it depends who you ask. A lot of people would say, yeah. It, what we did with college was we gave it who a would PR say, yeah. push. I don't and know. And it needed one back in the 60s and 70s. But we pushed it at the expense of all other forms of education. I mean, this is also I mean, an idea where it, this is also a thing where, again, these are probably two college educated guys, right? Like they went to college and uh, everybody they know went to college. And they're saying that you shouldn't go to college. But you know, like they're getting off for it. They're getting set up for it. Yeah. I don't know why this kid called in to ask him to do this. Yeah. So college became a cautionary tale. If you don't get the four year degree, then you're going to wind up turning a wrench or being a welder or something. Okay. I'm going to say this too. Uh, I was taught that if you don't get a degree, you don't get to. No, I mean, move right. up in a company and it's a hundred percent correct though if you don't have a four-year degree you will never be management at the warehouse that you work at sure you know no that that's what made me frustrated with it yeah yeah absolutely absolutely um let's hear a little more such vocational consolation prize we set the table wrong we jacked with the very definition of prestige and thereby made it impossible for anyone who didn't have a degree, or at least very, very difficult, to compete for that prestige on a level playing field. Look, I think my view of this, and I've been trying to get lots I'm going to move ahead a little bit here because they just yeah, never shut the bits? fuck up. Yeah, I got one here. Uh, all right. Uh, let's do this one first. Yeah, yeah I mean, he, they're just like two pontificating dumbasses, too. 
yeah, to actually successfully like raise a family. That's what I tell people because I don't really give a shit what you do <laughs> as long as you do it well because right. you'll get paid well. Well, speaking of shit, I mean, Dirty Jobs was an homage to a willingness to get dirty. And the first season of that show, I affirmatively looked for sewage workers, sewer inspectors. I looked for septic tank cleaners. Who sewage inspectors probably need a degree. My guess, I would imagine. And I also think that like those people still, again, they deserve to be able to go and learn about the 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 humanities the the fucking english or or whatever they're interested in Opera. i think the people that clean septic tanks should also be allowed to follow whatever it is that's in their mind yeah you know yeah for sure like it seems unfair to make it a choice between the two yes became good at doing something most people didn't want to do and then found a way to love it right so for okay. me it's always well, the the prestige thing is fundamentally backwards. We tell kids today the way to be happy is to first of all correctly identify that which will make you happy. Yeah. Then borrow whatever money it takes to get happy. Yeah. Then get your magic ticket. Then punch the clock. Then pay your dues. And then finally you can I like, be happy. I like Again, it. never at all, at never in his any of his things does he talk about the system being fundamentally fucked up. And that's the reason why these things happen, you know, the yeah, reason these choices are being made by, I mean, there's like a whole group of people that don't get to live like this. that don't have, like, I never had these pressures in my neighborhood. There was no pressures for anybody to go to fucking college and come back <laughs> like a baccalaureate or whatever you call it. <laughs> baccalaureate. Let's hear what they have to say about Canada, which is a place where you can get a free education, right? Like we, 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 uh, we know that you can get, that they will they will pay for a certain amount of uh, university education. So let's hear it. They take jobs that really don't make them happy, but they have to eat, so they got to work. I think the real objective That's here it. in answering Monty's question, circling back to what he's asking, is, you know, if you really think being a doctor or getting you know post secondary education is going to make you a better person and make you more employable, you should do it. But the beef I have with everybody that thinks that way is remember, you're going to get yourself 60 to 80,000. That's true. You're day. right. So you better do something where you can actually get a job. And what are those things? Ooh. Well, I think there's the top three are engineering, engineering, and engineering. <sighs> sure. But engineering is a perfect example of a job <sighs> both blue and white collar. There, there are so many facets of it, and it doesn't fit. It doesn't fit neatly into one vertical. So but it's stupid. so wonderful I know. because it doesn't matter where on that spectrum you are, most engineers get employed, which is the goal. Sure. Okay. You're going to spend four years doing it. Right. And so, so this they're is basically saying, goal, this is just, you, okay, here you go. This is yeah, where you're I just wanted to get. Ignoring it. That's a personal tragedy. Here we go. But add it up. It's 1.6 trillion right now. And we hold the note on that. Yeah. You, you can't know, well, make, everybody Canada, can't, but, we can't engineer our way out of everything. It's basically education's free up there, but you're paying for it as a taxpayer. Right? Not, nothing is free. Ugh. Exactly. But my point is, if you're going to spend four years, you're burning your own. It could be free, though. It's not impossible <laughs> for that to happen, but these guys don't want to pay the taxes, okay, taxes that make it free. You know? Um, I'm going to play one more clip here because these guys are astoundingly boring. Yeah. Um, and I just want to I want to get this last clip in here because it adds to Mike Rowe lore. 
Okay. okay. Well, that's what I'm here but, for. Yeah, we want more. Yeah, I don't want to hear his dumb shit. I mean, you know, the weird thing is that they just talk their way around it, um, but they have no critique. They have no... Uh, there's nothing to... They have nothing to say besides, like... Uh, Obviously, you should just take the jobs that pay the most money. You know, you should do the thing <laughs> yeah. that pays the most money. How many people do you it's like know? They, there's, they, these fuckers, they sit around like they're these intellectuals, but they have no understanding of what life is. Like, right. they've only oriented their life around, like, uh, the making money. Right. We've all, in in a time, I mean, when I graduated high school and stuff like that, I I did go look for the job that made the most money. <laughs> You know, like I was always looking for the job that made the most money. You can't get it sometimes. Like, they don't ever acknowledge, like, I don't know. I mean, they, they don't even acknowledge, like, having a working car is such an important part yeah. of, of life. You know? No, it's all bullshit. I mean, they don't. It's it's too worthless. It's just like, I don't know. It, it just lulls you into this idea that you're witnessing to, like, you're getting drop knowledge right now like these guys really know you know what they're saying and they have no they don't understand what the world is anymore no, no they have no they idea what their the way is. out of like whatever like real life is for people you know for the 99 exactly. percent of us i mean they're talking to like 18 year olds and just telling them like don't i mean you know that thing you want to do yeah don't, you, you could be happy shoveling shit yeah don't bother don't bother and with only, the thing you want to do you know <laughs> It's infuriating. It sucks because like I want people to fucking think that anything's possible. And I do think it's fucked up that like they make you go into super debt to go to college so that you can come out and end up in an office job. Too but too I also think that you sh that like that's a systemic problem. And if it's happening to a bunch of people, then that means it's a problem with the system that we exist in so maybe we should talk about changing that yeah they're it's stupid because it's two fucking assholes that are that are performers that are just arguing like give all of our money to the scientists but they they have they have art hanging on the wall and they have expensive furniture and their clothing or were made from a designer and all of this and like the the stem over everything is such a stupid ass it's it's a miserable life because I have had this. Like this is what I like. They are doing what they say. What they should they they say like if you're gonna go to school, you might as well just spend all your money on all your time and effort on STEM. And it's like nobody can. Not everybody can do that. No, I can't. I know I can't. It, it's like they're setting. So micro is like you can either go either do go either do something uh, STEM or just be happy shoveling shit. Right. Would I mean? Would you want to? I mean, like the thing is like. I don't even want to live in a world where it's considered a waste of time to study the social sciences or the arts or humanities and stuff. Like, is that the world you want to fucking live in? Like, I mean, is that the what world they're going? I mean, that's what they're going for. I mean, they're just the most selfish motherfuckers on the planet to the point where they're like, well, that college isn't free. I mean, yeah, I can utilize it. And yeah, everybody I'm related <laughs> to can utilize it. But, uh, you know, I have to pay a little bit of money out of my pocket. I have to I have to make it so that like all the other people that live with me in my area, they also get a benefit. And that I don't like that. I don't yeah. like the sound of that. I don't like the sound of, of that. Everybody should be on their own. If they don't choose to do engineering, they just have to deal with the life that they get.
Yes, yes, absolutely. So here's some micro lore. I think good. this is going to be a good one because I, I want to preface this by saying that one thing we know about micro is that he worked at a movie theater when he was a teenager, right? Uh, a little bit out of school, he lived in a mansion for free because a woman thought there was a ghost in it, which really is just like somebody, she was just putting the guy up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he was living rent free in a mansion. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He had a free place to live. So uh, let's, uh, let's hear some, some lore here. This book. Handsome book. Yeah. Very attractive. I like the guy in the front. <laughs> Mike wrote the way I heard it right here. What's this about? Well, um, I started writing a podcast. He started writing a about podcast three years ago in the style of Paul Harvey. You remember the rest of, of the story? Of course. Paul Harvey. So short sucks. biographical uh, mysteries about famous people. Rip um, the guy off. And you get to figure out who I'm bit. talking about as I write it. Anyway, the podcast turned into a thing 130 million downloads in a publisher. That is a thing. It's a thing. And the publisher said, you should put 50 of them together. We'll put a hard cover mm. on it. It'll be okay. A yeah, that's extracted okay. the very best of the podcast, put it in. It's, one way to go. it's, it's like fun. Dennis Leary's tweet. And, uh, I showed it to my mom. Here we go. She said, oh, Michael, what an amazingly lazy way to publish a book. <laughs> so, so I said, well, what do you suggest? At least she's being honest. She's honest. And my mom's a best-selling author, you know? And so I... Ah! <laughs> well... Okay. I heard that and I was like, all right. Interesting. Another piece to the puzzle. <laughs> wow. Mr. Hard Scrabble Micro <laughs> knows what life is like. Uh, yeah. So when your dad's a bricklayer, right? And your mom's a bank teller. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, he. Uh, all right. Okay. So his mom's a best selling author. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that gives him a leg up in working in the entertainment business or show business or publishing or anything like that? It seems helpful. Do you think he might have started on third base? Because I don't care whether he did or not. <laughs> I think he did. Th but this guy that's telling us that we have to shovel shit and like shovel it hard for $9 an hour before they make you the manager of shoveling shit where you make $13 an hour and you should just figure out a way to be happy with it, you know, is a guy that like had every fucking chance in the world before he got to where he is, you know? It's just, it's that thing where you learn like, oh yeah, that's right. Like that, you were saying this on New Year's Eve. You're like, that person gets to be on TV on New Year's Rock and Eve because their dad was fucking a, a fucking rich guy. Yeah. You know, Post Malone's dad. Post Malone comes from money. And now Post Malone is somehow fucking famous. Somehow we find all the most talented, most famous people come from rich families. You know, or their parents are fucking best selling authors. You know? Yeah. If I had the connections like that. Fuck, I could have made Street Fight probably happen up fucking 20 years ago. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. You don't have, like, these guys start on third base and then they run around and fucking tell us what we're doing wrong. Like, what, what we should be doing. Oh, no. Well, you actually, you should be doing, uh, like, other stuff. Like, you, you, you're not, like, really cut out. This. Yeah, it's kind of like am. the Minutemen talk about how blue-collar people aren't supposed to create or do anything entertaining. 
they're just supposed to actually do work. Yeah, I feel that way too. I, I see that a lot from even like leftists and stuff is I see a lot of people say like, hey, you know, a lot of us are going to have to be working class and a lot of us are going to have to work. And it's like, yeah, I understand that. Like, I totally fucking get that. And I was that guy for a long time and I had to work really hard to get to the point that I'm at. But I think that like, it's not a crime to want more and it's not a crime to shoot for your thing. I don't think that if you're just a working class person, you have to sit down and decide I'm going to be a working class person for the rest of my life. And I didn't see a lot of people when I, when I was working, most of the people were like, I would like to be like middle class or upper middle class. You know what I mean? They weren't like, oh, I love this. This I've made peace with this and this is now my favorite thing to do. Like the goal for a lot of people that work hard and that turn a fucking wrench is to get out of working hard and turning a fucking wrench. And like romanticizing the idea that like, yeah, you're going to get you. I mean, go get a job at McDonald's and be the best goddamn burger flipper. And then maybe you'll be the CEO of McDonald's one day is like bullshit. It's not fucking realistic. And it's it's actually not fair to people because it's basically saying that where you start is where you have to stay, you know, like because I started working class family, working class family. And like I that's what I was supposed to be. That's what I got to be. And that's what you were allowed to be. You know, that's what you should have been able to like Brett should have ended up being a bricklayer or working in a fucking call center. You know, like there's no, you, you don't like, it's almost like, like if your parents weren't connected to a corporation or your parents weren't an artist or something like that, that you don't get to like be an artist then it's, you just don't get it. It's not. It's well, I mean, you. yeah, I don't know. That's a very heavy conversation to get into. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I'm doing it. <laughs> I, that's what I'm saying. But there are a lot of people. It's changed. I mean, I mean, it's like being on TV to sell bombs and like pop is not like making it, though. Right. Yeah, I agree. I mean, so uh, speaking of STEM, they got a story from Fox News. Well, I like reading. I like reading about the Democratic primary on Fox News for some reason. <laughs> it's, yeah, I think it makes it more interesting <laughs> in a way. <laughs> but uh, I imagine, are they scared? I don't they, think are so. They, do they, are they laughing at it? Do, do they you, think it's buffoons or what? I sort of think that they are pretty sure they're winning. You know? But I was listening to uh, Don Imus earlier this week. And I think I was listening to an episode from somewhere in 2012, right? Like 2011, it would be on the way to the election in 2012. And uh, he had Mark Levin on who is he, for those that don't know, he's, he's like a right wing radio guy. Scumbag. Yeah. He's a real piece of shit. And uh, he had him on and they were very, very, very positive. This was early in the Republican primary for 2012. And they sort of felt like anybody that they put up to run against Obama was going to win. 
So I think that like when you're a Republican or a conservative and all the news you're reading is conservative and all the memes you see are conservative and everything is conservative around you, you just think that you're going to fucking win every time. Like you can't, like there's no possible way we can lose. So yeah, they're goofing on them right now. They're goofing on the Democrats. They don't feel like they're a threat at all, which I don't feel like they're much of a threat unless, you know, they run somebody that cares about something, you know? Like yeah. if Joe Biden's the nominee, I don't think that the Democrats yeah. are a threat at all. They're gonna, you know? they'll get steamrolled. Yeah, if Pete Buttigieg is the nominee, I don't think the I don't. I wouldn't take them serious. I, I have just, seen some of the Trump people have busted out in some of the local buy sell groups. Oh, really? Yeah. Somebody was like, "I know it'll get me banned, but I don't care," and just like posted a badass Trump meme. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then someone else replied. It was like, "Well, if you're getting started," and then they were like, just going to meme celebration, MAGA shit. I mean, there. It's time. It's January first. It's an election year, and uh. You know, we got to square ourselves with that. So a uh, Democratic presidential candidate Joe Biden's suggestion that coal miners should learn to program as the United States transitions away from fossil fuel shows disdain for the profession. See? A representative of West Virginia miners said Wednesday on Fox and Friends. Yeah. And this is uh, this is like definitely goes back to Mike Rowe, where he's like, let these boys go back in them coal mines. What are you crazy? Yeah. How are you going to get power for them computers unless these guys get black lung? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, and, and I understand if you're a, a, a coal miner, you're sort of insulted by this. Sure. Obviously. Like, I totally get. But well, one this of the is best. A, go ahead. Uh, Tom said it. Uh, it stuck with me. But Tom said it on a tour was that like his grandpa, like that guy, like they would be like, you, you ain't allowed in here. Like he wasn't allowed to go to the grocery store in his bibs if it was like covered in coal and shit. Like he had to take a shower before he could get anything done in town. He said now the guys like the young ones, the MAGA, coal roller, whoever they are, like they're a bit more opportunistic about it. Like they go straight from work to the bar and walk in and kind of get a little bit of a round of applause from people. And a little discount. Yeah, a little discount. <laughs> and it is, uh, I mean, it is, uh, it's like, uh, I mean, it's it's ignoring the conversation about people giving up their lives for our electricity and power and all of that. And like, Mike Rowe is just like pushing that all the side and just like calling it brave. And like, it's out of like a fucking, uh, uh, um, um, of like a, I'm sorry, a book. No, I'm trying th to think of, I can't remember what that super macho writer's name is. All of them. Don't you think in a way that like, it's probably not necessarily, it's definitely not the coal miners that are adding the prestige to the job. No, it no, absolutely very rich not. people no, no, no. who make their money it's, in coal. It's, it's, yeah, it's people that, and, and now it's just like, it's become whittled down where it's not just like, it's not just, uh, you know, a group of people that are getting by, uh, m making it their work. It's been whittled down to the point, and now people from the sidelines, especially with social media, can make it into something that's like I'm proud of them. You yeah, know? well, I support I, that. I I can relay a story from 2016 when me and uh, Matt Chrisman went to the Republican convention in Cleveland, and we were out just sort of walking around, and we walked by this very fancy restaurant in Cleveland. And uh, the sign out front said, we welcome the friends of coal. 
And it was just filled with people in suits and like gray hair and like expensive clothing and stuff like that. You know, they're just the friends of Cole. And it's probably just people who make money off of investing in coal. Well, you know, it's just a, it's a goddamn batshit insane the way that uh, we can't have any discussion about like the way that we get our energy. We mm-hmm. can't have that. It just comes down to like, you hate that guy or not. It's like, I don't like, no, I respect <laughs> yeah. that person. But like, I'm not going to champion them and tell them and you'd be like, no, he has to do it. He likes to go down in the coal mines. <laughs> He, he he made he made his own deal with it. Like, stop fucking worrying about him. And it's like, why? I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm worried about him. Yeah, I'm, I'm worried. worried about those guys. I'm worried about the planet. I'm worried about all the things yeah. that happen because of coal. And like, and I'm, I'm not going to brush it away just so that I can have like a a handsome coal miner poster on my wall, <laughs> right? No, no. And and uh, this is the same argument we get into about universal health care, too. It's like those jobs are going to go away. And it's like, yeah, like we got to figure out a way to transition away yeah. from stuff like this. Like this. Con- like, I hate that it is like wrong to try to say we need to like transition away from people giving their bodies to old rich people yeah. that have like legacies that are buying entire mountains. Yeah. You know? Taking away all our entertainment jobs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Really? But that's what it is. It's, it, it is really, it, it, this is a PR thing that comes out of Washington DC, like lobbyist shit. That's like, if you fucking say that people who were working in the coal mines should find a different job, then that's offensive and you can't do that. Yeah. But it's also like Democrats are just are the worst. Like I hate them just as much. Like I do. It's kind of sucks because I I mean I do need to like refight with my in-laws and like I have to reassociate myself because I feel like they've kind of just slipped into thinking I'm like a Democrat or something. Yeah. And like this condescending bullshit of just being like, uh, Oh, you, uh, yeah, you, uh, you, you want to do coal? Oh, you can just go learn to do computers instead. How about yeah. that? How yeah. about we do that for you? You know, it's just like, I don't fucking like computers. I don't want to deal with a computer. I don't want to, I don't I can't even type. Imagine like being not to say, like, not the, uh, like, I mean, maybe that opportunity <laughs> would be relevant to a few people, but like, not all of us do that shit. I don't do that stuff. No, I don't, I don't. I don't not. A, I wanted to do computer programming stuff and it, I can't fucking do it as much as I, I think like in a, in a very binary way, as much as I feel like a computer with like having no emotions, sometimes yeah. I still can't fucking deal with computers. Right. I can't. They don't make any sense. Like I've just, I felt like it's funny because that uh, Anthony Cumia clip where he claimed that like one of his <laughs> interests was technology. Yeah. I feel like that is a merry man macho thing. You feel like you have to know what happens with technology or you're not like a guy, right? Yeah, yeah. You want if your the pressure is there. But it's really just to know caring. about like yeah, 10K TVs and shit. Exactly. It's really just care like when people say that they're really into technology, like a guy like Anthony Cumio will say he's really into technology. And there was a period where I would have probably said I was really into technology. I would, me too. But and I've it drifted a, so far. Yeah, but it was about knowing like Oh, should I use monster cables on this TV? It was well, like all about buying no, things. Or you're just saying like, oh yeah, it's 1080p, but but what's the hertz on that? How many hertz are you getting? Right? <laughs> yeah. 
right? Yeah. Or Samsung. You or you say like I read consumer. Samsung makes a good one. Yes, it, that's what it is. It's about buying things. It's just a consumerist thing. It's yeah. mindless and stupid. Yeah, but you're totally right. The, the Biden says anybody who can go down three hundred three thousand feet in a mine, sure as hell can learn how to program no. as well. Nope. Yeah, I. I mean. I don't think it would be the worst thing in the world to offer that to them, but to usher them into I mean, programming, it's a job. It, I don't know. Like it could also, I mean, there's also infrastructure building. I mean, I imagine somebody like that would probably swing off of a fucking line on a bridge to fix it yes, as well. Right. Absolutely. Like, yeah. I mean, there's I mean, plenty they, of other opportunities I can think of off the top of my head besides more computer shit. I mean, it's fucking how do we i think we have enough right i mean how many how much i came out of like graphic design bust of college degrees and shit like i've seen all kinds of people now that are that are aging out of like their computer coding like computers is not this the this doesn't solve everything right and when i was like working for a living and i used to think like i would love a fucking government job like that's the job i think i want you know, it's a union well, job usually. Reliable. Yeah, it's a union job. The government is going to be around. I mean, the government's going to be around. I, I don't know if I'm hopeful of that, but the government is there. They tend to pay pretty well for, for like blue collar work. You know, like if you're out there sweeping the streets or something like that, they pay pretty well. And you're totally right. It's like this failure of imagination of Joe Biden that's like, well, you know, the coal miners could all just turn into computer programmers instead of saying, I'm going to invest in infrastructure and I'm going to fix these bridges and stuff like that. Because the other thing you have to think about, because when you talk about training people to program computers is that weird thing that libertarians get into about like, well, if there's no opportunities in your area, then you should just leave and go somewhere else. That's what yeah. I was saying is that is essentially what he's saying is like. You know, well, these people could become a burden on like taxpayers if we we retrain them to do something useful for us. But we could turn them into potential programmers in Silicon Valley where maybe they might hit it big on some sort of uh, new fad that comes through, right? In a new app. Yeah, maybe maybe this person, you know, sure, they could they could do maintenance, but they could also someday get $90,000 a year by accidentally joining up on the Hoopla app or whatever it is. Yeah. So this... this Hoopla, Hoopla was a real app, wasn't it? It was like a streaming service. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a new app every day. You know, probably 10 new apps a day. It's just so... con. I mean, it's just... And that's what it is, is the reason is that, like, it's just so condescending the way that they talk about people like that. It would, it's what makes me fucking dislike them. Mm -hmm. And the other... The only way you can get by it is if you just... If you're the Democratic side, you just have to acknowledge that, like, mm -hmm, yep, we should be trying to better ourselves and we should be trying to do more and we should be trying hard and we should be, you know, going to college or we should be coding. You know, we should be making ourselves useful, you know, like that's yes. like it's an opportunity like they they the they believe that people they believe in sheeple and they believe that we have to be led and that we're just like completely useless and it's like, well, if you knew how to code, that would at least get you something. You right. Know? They're managers. They're, they're managers. They're fucking, right. it, it really is like it was funny because uh, earlier this week, Mike Bloomberg tweet. There was this Mike Bloomberg tweet that was so funny to me is it's like this. It's got it, it says in in if I'm elected president, I'm going to turn the East Room 
into an open office floor plan. Nice. <laughs> Who said that? Mike Bloomberg. Really? <laughs> running as a Democrat. And I saw that and I was like, I was like, these fucking people don't know what we hate about them at all. Oh, no. Like, they have no fucking idea. Oh, no. Like, they totally but, played into the thing I hate about Democrats. Their whole, but yeah, they're just, we're going for their base on that one. Yeah. Like, NPR we're get, people. We've got a ping pong table in here, too. <laughs> Oh no! He we're said, gonna get one of the new the, the new concrete outside ping pong tables for the for everybody to play year round. He was like, he he said also like you know, uh, and then I I will, I'll only use the Oval Office for like special things, and most of the time I'll be out there in that open floor open office floor play. Is that what he said? Yeah, I swear I got, I'll find I'm it. Need room to breathe. He's like, I'm I'm a pacer. <laughs> I like to stretch sometimes. I like to bust out a stretch out of nowhere. So I need room. To yeah. Play. It was cracking yeah, me I like up. That. Because I, they, mean, I mean, that's honest. I think that like the era of Trump, I, I wish the Dem the Democrats can't make themselves human. There's just nothing about them that can bring them, make themselves human. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I. They're just so naked about it. Like they, and it is like when I talk to these people though, when I talk to Democrat people, they just start or like talking about TEDx talks. They're so boring. Like NPR, they just, they say the same shit. Like they're just so obvious. I know when they're going to, I know what the next thing they're going to talk about because I've already seen the memes of it, you know? Exactly. Or it's like already been Instagram advertised to death where like, they're just so fucking predictable. Exactly. Yeah. I, I totally, I a hundred percent agree with that. So this is the tweet as president, I'll turn the East room into an open office plan where I'll sit with our team. I'll use the Oval Office for some official functions, never for tweeting, but the rest of the time I will be the where the leader should be with no, the team. That sounds like my daughter telling me play, how she plays dolls. <laughs> it does. Like, that doesn't matter what you dream up, what this is going to be. Like, what are you going to fucking do? What do you care about? You're telling me some fantasy about how you, th like, oh, it's going to be fantastic. You're, you won't believe it until you see it. I'm going to be running around in this room. I'm going to have it have a seat. I'm going to talk in the little red phone there to people for a little bit. And I'm going to move over here for a coffee break. We're going to have it all set up. Please tell me what you're going to do with your day, Mike Bloomberg. Tell me yeah. what a, what a day looks like in the East room in the new open office floor. Plan. <laughs> this is the fucking craziest thing anybody's ever said. We're going to have think. exposed beams. It's going to be way more Instagrammable in here. <laughs> We're going to do some, yeah. Oh, by the way, I also want to say this. Everybody that I know that's ever worked in an open office floor plan hates it. <laughs> I never met anybody that because I've heard people talk. Every time I've heard somebody talk about it, they're like, it fucking sucks and I hate it. I don't know. I've been uh, I've done like the mini cubicle where you're just facing a wall. And I've done that, that sucks ass. Yeah. It feels yeah. like I'm in a cage. It feels like being at the pound. If they let you hang stuff up and put stuff on your desk, like your Funko Pops and stuff like that, then that's not bad. But but when you're staring directly at like a, just a piece of fabric that with like <laughs> push pins stuck in it. That well, yeah, sucks. the call center. I it work feels like you're being kenneled. Yeah. The call center I worked at didn't have uh, assigned seats. So see, you, that sucks too. Yeah. You'd be at a different one of those cubes every week. So you couldn't even like personalize it or anything. Cause I sort of saw it like in my dreams, it was like, I'm going to get a job in a cubicle and then I'm going to like make it my own little fort here at work. Mm. You know, that was see, what I thought. We had, so we had an open office, but we did all make a pact that all the monitors would be facing against the wall. 
so that no one could like no one could walk through the aisles and see someone's monitor you know yeah yeah well that's good i mean like you I had just, a, you had it was like we had battle stations a little bit with monitors in front of us but like no one could see like that you were fucking around i kind of because that's what it does it kind of opens you exposes you i i think like my ideal floor plan if i was in an office like if i ended up working in an office again it would be that that uh, that thing where they have like three walls around, like the the cubicles that are yeah, like that's two like, and a, three and a half walls, and you can just walk in there. You got yourself like a little like a whole area, you know what I mean? Instead of just a desk with the two walls on each side and a wall in front of you, I want like a whole. I want an area that's mine, you know, a little, a little space to move around on the floor and stuff like that. That was my how, dream. How basically. tall are the walls? Like up high over your head. No, that's, you know? that's like, like your head dog might pound. pop up over it. That was my dream when I was working at the cable company. That was all I fucking wanted was like, if no, I got an office stuck. job in a cubicle, I it would makes be comfortable. Crazy. I, I feel like I'd be more comfortable. It makes people do do the worm at the like uh, the h- luau. <laughs> like <laughs> that makes people go wild. It, it makes people do karaoke showdowns for like a christmas party and so that's the thing that makes people pack pack all of their partying into two days and yes yeah, turns them into week of warriors yeah. you're in a box for eight hours a day i i can't i can't i mean yeah cubicle life is bad i think oh that was just, it's, I it's, mean, it's, it's dehumanizing i'll just say that that was sort of my my dream that was like what i wanted to end up because i was working outside you know when you sure. work outside all you know you're outside on a fucking 110 degree day and uh your boss says okay you can have five dollars on the speedway card that we give you to fill your truck up with gas and uh you're trying to like drink enough and you're sweating and you're just thinking like i need an office job like i need a job in a motherfucking office typing things in and i always felt that way the whole time i worked at any of my like blue collar outdoor jobs. And and it's probably bullshit because the call center, all I wanted to do was be outside. Like I spent all my time at the call center thinking like, I have a fucking job where I'm outside. See, but the thing about it is the most, the, those, those entry jobs are blue collar in a way too, because they don't pay shit. No. Like you, it does seem like it, but like you should get more, but no, you don't get as, you don't get fucking, you don't, it's not like a lifting you out of poverty or anything Sure. to make $11 an hour to be like a, a entry, do data entry and shit. You know? Right. I, yeah, when I, like I always, I brought this up recently, but my wife, like most people, most businesses think that is worthless activity and they want to pay you the least amount. I know. I, I, I think like my wife, uh, was waiting tables at a country club and they were closed for three months out of the year it was like there was no work but during the summer they had like automatic gratuity on every purchase they got 15 percent of everything you know and uh so she's making like these huge checks during the summer especially like during like the, the middle of the summer like it's just people are coming in and it's busy all the time and uh she ended up getting a job for like a major corporation and took like the hugest pay cut. And when I think about it now, I mean, she was making like, at the time when we started dating, 
she was making like $560 every two weeks at a major corporation entry level because she didn't want the call center job, which they, they want to usher. Like if you want to make big money coming into a major corporation, you like, you got to take calls. That was like the only way, like, but she didn't want to do it. So she, she came in and did something else for less money, but it was like so little money dude. And it's like this major corporation that makes a ton of fucking money every year. And, uh, it was hard work. She was like doing hard work. She was like reading letters, you dude, know, being chained to a desk is very challenging. I hate, especially it. with other people. And you're just looking at them all day long and they have just, you pick up all of the, you just, they have their smell just gets to gets to you. All of their habits suck. They cut their fucking toenails at work. <laughs> well, that's okay though. My, my sister worked with a woman who across from her every day uh, played Let's Hear It for the Boy like five times a day on a radio out loud. And it drove her fucking crazy. Like five times a day. Let's hear it for the boy. <laughs> like, this yeah. is like torture. <laughs> That's cool. Um, yeah, I mean, it is. It's tough to do. I don't I don't fucking get it. I don't know. I don't know, man. It's just I think it. For me, I have like this natural kind of wanderlust weird thing where it's like what I'm a very much a grass is greener yeah. on the other side guy. Whatever I'm doing, I want to be doing the other thing. Right. You know, if I'm working outdoors, I want to be working inside. If I'm working inside, I want to be working outside. Yeah. And like, honestly, if I had to go back to work now and I had to choose what I would do, I'd go with outside. Because yeah. I'm working inside. <laughs> right. Yeah. Makes sense. <laughs> but I, I mean, like, I, I I am seasoned to the weather now. That's the thing that that's the only thing you get when you're a guy that works outside or a gal or a non-binary person that works outside is you just get seasoned to the weather, which is that's a real bonus. That's like the only good part about it is that, like, when it's cold out, you're just like, yeah, whatever. It's fine. I'm yeah. fine with it. I, I like I I have made peace with my skin being cold. <laughs> yeah, you've made it. You've gone long enough. Yeah. You know how bad it can get. On this Sunday, December 29th, workers at New Season Central Kitchen showed up to work to find out that they were not allowed to clock in and the facility was closed indefinitely. The kitchen located at 301 Southeast 2nd Avenue is where baked goods and prepared foods of all the new season's Portland stores are made. In the last two days, WW has received emails from four different Central Kitchen employees saying they received abrupt notice on Sunday that the facility was closed until at least January 7th. The potential closure comes just three weeks after the company announced its sale to South Korean company Good Food Holdings. Uh, one employee who spoke with us by phone asking to remain anonymous for fear of retaliation says that they showed up to an empty parking lot for their Sunday shift and were made to wait in a break room until managers arrived to explain the situation. The HR manager and another woman apologized for the abruptness and vagueness. The central kitchen employee says they said the information was coming to them almost at the same rate it was coming to us and that New Seasons is halting production to assess whether or not it can continue or move forward. Wow. Yeah. So just out of nowhere? Yeah, yeah. Well, they got bought, and then it's like, oh, uh, sorry about that. We might not need you. We're going to put a pin in this. Yeah. Uh, so Put a pin in your life. Yeah. Hey, can you just hold off? Like, don't get another job, please. Yeah. Don't get another job. But, you know, 
well, you're not making any money right now. Yeah, like, we it, might not need you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We told I you mean, we, we told you we were going to plan on big things in the new year, but might change. I mean, this is another symbol of kind of the stuff we've been talking about on this show. And now, like, we're just, if you're, like, working customer service, you, you are just considered worthless. You, it just, it really is sad yeah. that, like, these people work hard probably at this place, you know, especially if they're selling like baked goods and stuff like that. They're probably, they're running a store and just all of a sudden some person somewhere else in a big fucking building and a giant office says, ah, just close it. And we'll see. We'll see what happens later. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, these are the kind of people that deserve the, the people that, that go to work at a place like this, they're the kind of people that deserve like the valorization and stuff. Like the, the customer service people are are like so under like under-respected in a way. That's not a word. It's not. You know what I'm saying. Underappreciated? Underappreciated. Perfect. They're very underappreciated. And and like even a guy like Mike Rowe, even Joe Biden looks at them like they're worthless. Like, oh, we they just go get a different, go get another one, you know? Yeah. There's plenty of them out there. Just go get go work at Burger King, you know? Uproot your whole fucking life and just leave. Like, we're never... I hate how, like, at the bottom, at the entry level of work, and I don't even consider it the entry level because there are people that do customer service for fucking 60 years, you know? I worked yeah, with people that, at Kroger that worked there for fucking 25 years. Yeah, my uh, one of my in-laws has worked at like every uh, Donatos and Dominos in Columbus. I yeah, think. and is going to do that forever. Like, yeah. is not aspirational to do anything else besides that. <laughs> yeah, and which is not a problem. But you're right. I mean, that's the that's their language to say this is entry level stuff because that's the way they can pay nothing for it. Yeah. even though it's like the backbone of the business. Yeah, the business doesn't run without you. Yeah, and that's the frustrating thing. I think is just the way. That like these decisions could be made. We don't really have a thing set up to take care of people in this situation. So these it, small businesses can open and they can fucking sell out or just close in one day and just you're fucked. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I would say, I mean, I guess you can't force I wouldn't force them to stay in business, but there is like the way that people just get kicked on their ass. And it's I don't know why we put up with it. And it's it's because of assholes like Mike Rowe and Mr. Fucking Wonderful there. You're right? not like entitled. The, they're held in as like heroes for kind of being the voice of God that just says like the world is uncaring and doesn't give a shit about you. And there's nothing there's nothing that we could ever do to take care of all the people that get fucked over in these situations. You right. Know? You're not entitled to security at all. Like that, they just feel like well, it's, it's not even. It's not. I don't think. I don't. I hate the word entitled. I don't think it's entitled. I. I. I'm. I am kind of very uh, libertarian in my mind. Is that you are here on your own and you're going to have to deal with your own trials and tribulations. So I don't think that anybody owes me anything. I don't think people should go make food for me. I don't sure. think. I don't think. I don't think people should do electricity or water for me, just because I was born. I think that there's enough of us together and it would take such, we could just let off the gas on the amount of work that we're doing and get exactly. everything done that we're doing right now and be fine. Yeah. I just think that people, I think that if you live in like the richest country in the world or like if there's all of this money yeah, it's, that it's, exists, it's just there. 
that, it's just very easy to accomplish. Yeah, that everybody should have a measure of security. We should have security. You should benefits have us to, all. Yeah, you shouldn't have to worry about, again, your business just closing, and now I don't have a job and I don't have health insurance anymore. And having, I mean, like, having somebody there to make a fucking hamburger at two in the morning is like a high five, like, yep, thank you, appreciate it. Yeah. Or like a baked good, like, and if, if the baked goods aren't selling anymore and you have to get it shut down... I don't think you should go to like a homeless shelter. I don't think that like, you know, the fact that you were only getting paid $8 an hour means that you have no emergency funds. Exactly. That's the problem. It's like, they're like, save money, you know, have a whole week. It's easy to be, I mean, it's easy to be Mike Rowe and to be like, oh, if I got fired from my job, I'd have to make this million dollars. I mean, a lot of people that have two and $3,000 in their savings account are the ones handing out this advice too. They're the ones that, you know, think that everybody should just expect, expect the unexpected, set aside your money. You're getting a paycheck, you know, that's a few hundred dollars a week. You should set right. some aside. Exactly. There's just not, I mean, having There's a no savings account. Money. Yeah. Having a savings account is fucking hard. Yeah. And especially in the time we live in, I just like, I've never been in a situation where I could figure out a savings account. I mean, somebody posted it. Like the minimum wage, like twenty years ago, was seven seventy five. The federal minimum wage, it still fucking is. Like, and things are so much more expensive. I've seen it in my own life. We, uh, it, it's it's so much harder out there. The cereal it, boxes are like, yeah, there's thing, nothing. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's I like just, one bowl. Why don't we acknowledge it? I don't know. It's it's the people that are just like want you to ignore it. Like that that whole thing breaks down to them just being like ignore it and just be happy that you have a job and you can get a fucking half a jar of peanut butter. Keep settling for less. Keep it's, settling for less is what yeah. it, his thing. That's what it is. What I really like about it is like telling people that shovel shit to eat the shit too. <laughs> They can eat it. Yeah. They don't have to just shovel it. There's you're, opportunities everywhere you look. You're only worth what some person that's squeezing you to extract the most amount of labor is willing to give you. Yeah. And it's like the way it's set oh, up is that. Unless you're the one can do it. Unless you can squeeze somebody else. Then yes. you deserve every all the rewards. If you can find somebody else to shovel your shit and eat your shit. You deserve everything. Yeah, I don't. I wonder if they even like Micro ever thinks about the fact that like as soon as the shit shoveling business is successful, the guy that was shoveling the shit himself hires somebody else to shovel the shit and sits in an office all day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he never thinks about that. That part doesn't ever come up because yeah, the- his idea is that like these people shovel shit. And they sh- they're happy shoveling shit. They feel so good shoveling shit, and it's like the thing that makes them things the thing that makes them wake up in the morning. And they found a way to love it. You yeah. Know? Well, I also I mean I had a, I had a pretty good conversation with my barber one time about it because he was saying like I wanted he's like I really do just like cutting hair, and this was a noble profession he, to to me to like to do this. He's like, but there is just a, a you just hit a wall. And that doesn't provide, he's like, I have three kids and I have this, what things I want to accomplish and they'll this and that. He's like, and I, you just, I had to uh, figure out how to then own the place so that I'm now managing other people's chairs. And the same thing with like an auto mechanic. It's like, oh, I, boy, sure. I do love to work on cars, but like you are working towards having other people work on the cars <laughs> for you. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a matter, you know, it just breaks apart. 
I mean, we see that with what we do, right? Like me and you were doing all the tech stuff and all the posting and all the stuff. And as soon as we were making enough to have other people do that, we were like, no, I just want to talk into the mics. Yeah. I want to do the fun stuff. I want to do the money stuff. Yeah. And that's what they do. That that's what, I mean, honestly, like when they get to that point where they're just managing, they're not fucking doing anything. No. They're just doing the fun shit. They're just like, oh, yeah, I mean, you know, I get to go to a gala tonight because I run this shit shoveling business in town. Well, like Bloomberg said, they're literally, they're like, they are in their office and they're like, in their own mind, they're like, wow, get a load of me. I mean, if you did a third person camera on me right now, just the way that the walls, the, the light hit the walls, the way that. You know, everything's set up in here, all these beautiful Belgian furniture that I have. Like, it's amazing. I just, I come up with so many great ideas in here. Like, I, I'm just, in, I'm so smart. I'm, I'm in charge of everything. Boy, oh boy, I'm working hard right now. Wow, I probably I just, think, like, about how hard they're working all the time. Yeah. Oh, boy. You know, I'm sitting in here and I, you know, I'm working hard. And that's it. Like that's the whole thing. Yeah, they're not out. really doing anything. I'm finding out more ways to get people to do sh- things for me for less money. That's exactly their job. Uh, here, I, I got us. You know, obviously, we always we always uh, comment on stuff like this. So it's time. Uh, this is from the New York Times. A police officer in Kansas resigned on Monday after admitting he had fabricated a story that a McDonald's employee wrote a vulgar insult on his coffee cup. The Harrington Police Department officer, whose name was not made public, claimed that a McDonald's employee had written pig preceded by an expletive on a receipt attached to his cup. Fucking pig. Yeah. And the department's police chief, Brian Hornaday, relayed the story on... Uh, relayed the story on Saturday in a Facebook post that attracted nationwide media attention, but has since been deleted. Yeah. I mean, it is very easy for these cops to attract nationwide media attention. They just, I mean, he just didn't realize or they don't write your name on the cup at McDonald's. No, that's a thing. (laughs) They They just get you the cup and it doesn't have your name on it. Well, but maybe in this, they were like sending a message though. He taped the receipt, (laughs) the receipt on the cup. Yeah, I um I uh I I I I just don't know why. I mean, you 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 just can't really lie about this type of stuff. There's just it doesn't work. Every right. does it, every time it comes under scrutiny. Like that's the thing about it is it would if it's it's not as easy as they think it is. I feel like we've talked about it the way like if you read their groups and they're groups that and like they they feel that we are doing false flag setups all the time because they see how easy it is to just pretend like something someone did something to your cup. Mm-hmm. They're the ones pulling it off though. Right. And yeah. failing miserably every time. Well, and they know, like the police chief in a city knows that that the local news station medias are following them on Facebook yeah. or Twitter because that's where they can get some news. And they know that if they post that. It hits the local news, which right. then the second it hits one local news network, they're all owned by the same fucking company. It goes to all the other news networks and then CNN fucking picks it up and it becomes a big story. There's like almost no way to get away with it. And and this one, the tall tale unraveled when McDonald's provided video footage that proved its employees had not written anything on the cup. Mr. Hornaday said at a news conference Monday, the 23-year-old officer then admitted he had lied about the supposed incident as a joke. 
But <laughs> why? And uh, but this is their life, though. We all know this is them, right? This is their this is their insight. They feel even though wherever they go, people there's like Vietnam veteran wearing hat guys and all kinds of old ladies that are shaking their hands and telling them thank you for your service and shit. They still do not like that there's some of us that are mad at them. <laughs> I know they can't deal with it that somebody wouldn't fucking like them. People or are grateful for them. People that aren't cops and aren't related to any cops stick a sticker on their car that says that they love cops. The the Blue Lives Matter sticker on the car yeah. that says they love cops. I mean, we are in the minority of people. Now, when you start talking about service workers, they, a lot of times, especially when I, even when I was working in, in, in like restaurants and shit, like you're usually on the fucked up end of what the police do. Oh, yeah. You know, no, and, I mean, service work. Yeah, th that's who's dealing getting uh, that's who the police are dealing with. The police are punishing people for not having money. Yes. Yeah, that's absolutely. part of the system of like the micro system is that like you should try harder to be like somebody that the police would protect. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, we were talking we talked about this on because you can Year's. do whatever the fuck you want if you have money. Yeah. We talked about this on New Year's. It's like once you have money. And like, well, I guess you buy the right clothes and then you're just allowed to do anything you want. You know, yeah. you're just allowed to like walk into a store. You could, I mean, I've, I walked out of fucking Whole Foods with a pizza in my fucking hand. I fucking walked in there, ordered a pizza and then walked right out the fucking door without paying for it. Nobody even looked at me. And it's probably because Whole Foods doesn't really even do loss prevention because the people that go to Whole Foods are the type of people that don't get punished for shoplifting. When you have the money, when you have the fucking money, you just pay it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You're no one is going in there to rip off the register to rip them off because they have so much extra money. They can actually just fucking pay for it. Exactly. Yeah. But it, it is the same thing we've talked about before with the police is like, they don't understand why somebody that's making $9 an hour would hate them. But then you think about like, you know, I, I live in a neighborhood where there is a lot of money and, 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 uh, the, you know, it's fucking like, it's 90% white probably. And it's like just this, it, it's it's like a, a so it's like a like sort of suburb off of Columbus, right? And they they do I they do festivals in in my neighborhood all the time. They have a few different ones over the summer that they do, and they sell beer. And people get fucking sloshed at this thing, and they fucking scream and yell, and ah, they're doing sex stuff. They're fucking all kinds of shit is going on. Yeah, and if that happened in a poorer neighborhood. They would call that like wilding out or something. You yes, know what I they mean? Would, they would definitely have a name for it. Yeah, they would. They would call it some fucking horrible thing. And arrest people. And arrest people for it. Even though it's a thing that's fucking contained. It's a yeah. totally contained thing. Nobody's fighting. Nobody's hurting anybody. It would still be considered more dangerous if people of color or, or poor people were doing it. It's considered dangerous. If fucking people in a rich neighborhood are doing it's just a party that's just what they do the fucking police are standing around laughing and hanging out with them the whole they're time they're making money they're making more money for somebody so they're more valuable exactly exactly i i mean i've seen some crazy fucking shit at these at these festivals in the neighborhood and and then like every once in a while in my neighborhood they just are like oh the open container laws canceled today and people can just walk around drunk new christmas i i fucking 
I went to the library on trick-or-treat night when my kid was like seven or eight and fucking the moms were in there just drinking wine out of fucking bottles in there. (laughs) Yeah. And it's just like if fucking if they did that at the main library, they'd fucking get thrown in jail. Yeah. You know, or like when I'm out walking around and I see the police harassing some guy for standing there and drinking a beer outside. You don't fucking see that happen when you're at any of these other events you know that shit just doesn't happen catholic festival yeah the catholic festival uh i hope he understands the magnitude of the black eye this gives law enforcement profession from coast to coast um no you're all babies you're all like cry babies you fucking suck yeah your job isn't dangerous i mean they point i mean there's a million other jobs that are more dangerous than being a fucking cop at this point you have all the weapons all the protection you have everything Yeah, Mr. Hornaday said he could not reveal the officer's name because it was a personnel matter, but said he had been employed for about two months after spending five years in the Army. He did not specifically say whether the officer had written the insult on the cup himself, but he did say that the officer was the sole actor in the incident, which I don't believe. I think this guy was probably sitting with other cops, and they all came up with a fun idea to go viral. You know, that's what this is. This is like the dancing cop. They're just trying to be the dancing cop. You know, I want to go viral. So they do this and they get some person fired. Not a big deal. They just got some person at McDonald's fired. They can go get a job at Burger King. Everything's going to be okay. I get to like have people tell me, oh, that's fucked up. What happened to you? It's yeah. all a big good thing for me. Yeah. I get to go they, on the news. They need a TikTok. Right. They need <laughs> and, to like do it because it's what it's like. You, they're like, people need to know what it's really like to be a police officer. Like you go to get a McDonald's fucking latte and they're not even happy to see you yes yeah. <laughs> like okay wow yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, feel terrible for you in Sean. his in his original public facebook post mr hornaday wrote that the officer had gotten the coffee on the way to work and was offered a free lunch as an apology a local tv station said a big mac and large fries doesn't make up for it mr hornaday he, so he actually got something out of it he could have got himself a free meal a Big Mac and a large fries doesn't make up for it. The U.S. veteran who continu- continued to serve deserves much more. Yeah, fuck this fucking guy, He man. doubled down. Yeah. He literally didn't say, like, all right, I guess that'll do it then. Yeah. Right? Fuck it. Yeah. That's enough for me. I made it up. Shit. You're going to give me something for free. That's great. Yeah, he had to fucking post it. God damn it. How dare you insult me? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, he's full of shit and uh, represents most of the police. uh, I I mean, that's what we're dealing with these days, right? On on Monday, Mr. Hornaday said he initially believed his officer because he expected a uniformed sworn officer to tell the truth. (laughs) (laughs) He did not believe that there would be criminal charges after discussing the matter with the district attorney. I mean, I think there should be, I do think that they should be held to a higher standard and there should be criminal charges because they, they are entrusted. They're abusing power. Yeah. yeah, They're treated as though everything they say is the truth because they're sworn uniformed officer. Once again, not to say that I think there should be police, but I also think that it should just be something that we all get to go. We get to go at. And as soon as you do something like this, it's just you're out the fucking door. It's yeah. like, all right, you're done. All right, you had your you had your chance. You fucked it. You get one fuck up. That's it. Like you not like, you know, uh, 
None of the no no reason to keep these people around. Like if they start fucking just being foolish, just fire them out the fucking door. Right? They fired this guy, which means that they're gonna. Oh, they did get, fire him. Yeah, they did fire him, which means he can get a job. He's at gonna another go rehired. Yeah, yeah, he can go he to just, a different place. And it also just means that they get to now lord that over us forever. That oh, we fired a guy he yeah. did wrong. Did you see that? Hey, yeah, you know they'll be lording that over us. Until we die now. Right. Because, like, nobody that murders somebody ever gets in trouble or sure. fired. But, you know, if you fuck around and... Or, like, the Nazi cops, right? Did you see that story in West Virginia? Like, they... Cadet... They they had a whole cadet class who took a picture of after their graduation in their uniforms doing the Siegheil salute. And they just fucking fired every single one of them. Wow. But it's like... Fucking! Why don't you do something about the the guys that get out there and actually kill people? Yeah, you know what I mean. For sure. <laughs> All right. Well, that's the show this week. We'll be back with the call in show. The variety show is January twenty fourth in with, Columbus, Ohio. In Columbus, Ohio, Ruby Tuesday with District Sentinel Radio and Jake Flores, and uh, it's gonna kick ass. The last one was very fun, and I think everybody should come to this if you can get to it. Come to it. And also January 25th, we will be in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. And every Wednesday, we're at wrestling, except for today. But that's fine. Yeah. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching what we do. If you want to support and not even support. I mean, like we say support, but just do you want to buy our entertainment? We have more of it on Patreon.com. There's... A new episode of Undercover Boss we just recorded. There's a new uh, Shark Tanks episode is on there, too. A new zine just got released. Uh, there's bonus audio like Shocktober and Teen Fight Radio. There is, uh, I think, two. We're going to try to do three more episodes, maybe, of Teen Fight or two. And then there will be a Shocktober special. And then there will be uh, American Podcasts a short series about kid rock. All right. <laughs> so we yeah, have, there's premium audio, all kinds of stuff over on patreon.com slash street fight radio. Hey, come hang with the gang, get crazy with us. We're going to do that variety show in Columbus on the 24th. And then we're driving to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania the next day. So that's happening on uh, the 25th. It's a Saturday uh, later this month. Uh, you can find all of that information if you go to Patreon, honestly, and sign up for the email, you'll get all of that stuff for free sent to you or check the social media. Uh, otherwise, stay tuned. I'll get you a better link. Uh, we'll see you later this week. We're Street Fight. Peace.
Like fuck it, I'm hungry. I'ma go ahead and lick the put some food in my stomach. Go and make me some money. And baby, I'm sorry, your baby father's a buster shit. His mother's baby father probably a buster too. And just to tell the truth, I don't know what it is that we supposed to do. These low paying jobs that they giving us ain't cutting it. That's why we on the block, busy hustling. We tired of it, long. Got me singing the blues. Like fuck the red, white, and the blue. Free all my niggas singing in blues. Like free at last, free at last. That ain't true. They gon' always hate you. They gon' always hate you. They gon' always hate you. Free at last, free at last. That ain't true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And another thing. Stop asking me how that nigga might be feeling about the word nigga When he integrated us inside this burning building Can't even walk down the street like a regular civilian Without thinking one of these motherfuckers might kill you So you telling me I could get life for shooting the dog But you get a smack on the wrist for killing my dog Fuck the motherfucking system, y'all know that it's flawed I just wonder has this shit ever occurred to y'all That we want more out of life too Even though us niggas don't like school Motherfucker, swear that I won't stand down. I'm Harriet Tubman with a shotgun in my hand now. Ain't nothing polite, like brother polite. So fuck the polite knuckle. Got me singing the blues. Like fuck the red, white, and the blue. Free all my niggas singing in blues. Like free at last, free at last. It ain't true. They gon' always hate you. They gon' always hate you. They gon' always hate you. There's no loyalty. This world's hot and this boy on me. See, questions are never answered, so chances are taking more than the averages. And savages, they carrying packages just to show love to these brothers in back of us. So imagine this. Battlefields with killings with brothers that don't have feelings. See, families, they even villains in the eyes of the children. Laughter is captured. There's no love from the pastors, so there's no love for the pastors. It's even to the point where the pastors, they look past us. Single mother home, so they call us bastards. And our clothes don't look flashy, so everywhere we go, they laughing at us. And then they wonder why our fingers are filled with anger when we blasting, we taking they shit. Faking out, there ain't no faking this. You can look me in my eyes and swear up and down. That's what Satan is, but this is no demonic shit. Just ironic. Shit just played out like the Seattle Supersonic shit. That means the game's over. I'm ready, I'm getting older, I'm getting wiser. That's why I line up all these lines up in this folder. But at the end of the day, this folds up. I'm hoping I don't fold up from something these niggas throwing up. Cause I got potential and I hear that a lot. But if that potential I got is potentially stopped with a bundle or a hot molded copper, I would not only expect for it to take the cops, but for them to pray to whoever they God is to stop us. Arm me with an army. Not a gun, but an army who uses their mental and who's 40 cause or to cause us to draw ourselves together way better than the army. Army with soldiers that's not statistically molded, that grow up from the streets, that know the struggle like me. I need an army. But brothers, we're not an army. We wouldn't even look at each other hardly. I have resentment. Why do I cry? Because I look at us and I feel sorry because we argue and we fight. We shoot and we knife. But at the end of the day, all we doing is killing our tribe, African-Americans. African explains where we came from. American explains we all, but African American explains how we came far and even more. So the purpose of this hearing me talking is hope for us to be remoted.
Delane, that's my name. What's yours? 